Hey. Hi. There we go. Hey, we did it. Well, you did it. I really didn't do anything. I had to restart my phone twice. Oh, nice. Yeah, good stuff, huh? Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, buddy, you ready to go? Sure. All right. Hey, guys, welcome back to another edition of On the Volley with Jeremy Rika and Matt Cooper. My, oh my, man, what a first week we were treated to, man. We have, we have a lot to talk about, don't we? Oh, we do. Wow, close, a lot of close games. And some upsets, apparently. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I know what you're talking about in that respect, but maybe you can fill me in. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, so, yeah, you're right, though. I mean, if you think about it, there was what? I believe there was a total of what? Six, seven games week one, if you include the game yesterday. I could be wrong about that. I think so. I think you're right. There was like seven, six or seven, yeah. Yeah. So, and if you really think about it, the only blowout of the entire weekend was yesterday when Sonora traveled to Monterey. That produced 12 to 4, but all the other games were. One or two points difference. That was it, which was remarkable to me. Really, I I thought it was going to be a much higher scoring week. Um, man, yeah, I, 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 I thought I, I thought I thought we would have seen more goals, but at the same time, it doesn't yeah. surprise me. I mean, with no. With Baltimore and Utica in Baltimore, um, I thought there were actually I thought there were going to be less goals in that game, but eight to seven. Yeah. Um, and then I thought there would have been more goals scored in Utica. Um, I definitely did too. Um, you know, it was it was that whole series surprised me to be honest. Um, so let's talk about Friday since you started with that one. Let's talk about that one. Uh, so yeah, you're right. You know, uh, Utica traveled to Baltimore and it finished eight to seven. And really, I thought Utica really outplayed them. To be honest, um, you know, they had a couple of miscues, but I really thought that Utica outplayed Baltimore. Uh, well, I would agree with you for the first half. I think the first half, Utica came, Utica came out guns a-blazing. And, I mean, they were up two goals going into the third. And over the years, I've learned that Baltimore always finds a way to come back. And oh, yeah. the third no quarter, the third quarter has always been an Achilles heel for Utica. Always. Yeah. And... Danny Kelly, I mean, great manager, great coach, must have said something, made some adjustments because they came yeah. out and and Utica made mistakes. And I was on the MASL off the wall page at halftime, and I said, in order for Baltimore to take over and win, they're going to need to capitalize on some mistakes from Utica City. And yeah, I like the, they, I like the blue they did. hair, by the way. I like the blue hair. That was good. Yeah, you like that? That's, yeah, that that's was a good. staple. That's a staple to my outfit now. Yeah, you know, that was 
a nice little fashion statement. And you're Thank right. You. you know, it was it was one of those things where it was I felt as though Unico was gonna come out the second half and hopefully fix those mistakes. And like you said on the other end, it was one of those things where okay, if we're the black, we have to capitalize on mistakes. And they did. They did give all the credit in the world to them. They they were able to bounce back and win the game. But it was one of those games where you're like, okay, this could have gone either way. To be honest. Oh, absolutely. It could have. It could have gone either way. Like if you if you take away those two penalties from from Utica, they yeah. would have won. The, they would have won that game. Yeah, and, you know it just proves how. How vital it is to stay disciplined and stay out of the penalty box because, like you said, that those two penalties don't happen. Guess what? That whole game is completely different. And you know, we know Baltimore is statistically pretty good when it comes to both scoring on the power play as well as killing off power plays. So. You kind of got the feeling, okay, if they don't score on both of these, they're going to score on at least one. Right. And they did. So, you know, and you look at it, and then you look at the second game, and it was kind of the same thing, but kind of different. I, I questioned a lot of what, and I love this kind of death. I, I told you that he had to be on my short list for goalkeeper of the year, but I questioned some of the decision-making when it came to what William Menzella was doing. I don't think I've ever seen William come that far off of his line multiple times in one game. And, you know, obviously it only hurt them once, but realistically, it hurt them more than that because I looked at that goal, or lack of a goal for that matter, and it certainly looked like a goal to me, but they called it a no goal. So, you know, and you look at that second game, and especially in the second half, I felt as though Utica really dominated that second half. I the the game game on Friday and the game on Sunday it, in my opinion it was like night and day. Yeah. Here's why. Because on Friday night you saw Juan Pereira pass the ball to Daniel Peruzzi. Daniel Peruzzi puts it in the net. That happened on three different set pieces. Yes. Yes. It happened on three different set on two power play. Yeah. When they went to Utica, it was none of that. No. They did they did none of that. No, they didn't. And I think a lot of that had to do with the, the adjustments that Ryan made from one game to the other. I mean, you saw like you said, it was a completely different game. And I looked at that game and I was, I said to myself, I said, these are not the same two teams. 
Like, this is completely different than what we saw going into Friday night. And, you know, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about this because it was a big topic of conversation before the season started. You know, everybody talked about Slavisa going over to San Diego and Segura coming over to Utica. What a job he has done since he's come over to Utica. Let me tell you, I, I'll be the first to admit, I did not expect this level of offensive production from him this early in the season. And the fact that he's been able to do what he's been able to do is pretty remarkable considering he had a big name to replace, you know? I mean, anytime you give up a guy like Slavisa, it, it's no matter who comes in for Slavisa, that person's going to have a lot of big suits to fill. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think fans of Utica going into this trade were like, how is this going to work? Is it is it gonna, is he going to fit? Is he going right. to mesh well with the team? Like, okay. Right. Let, let's look back to last season. I think if if I remember correctly, Christian Zagura might have had five or six goals. All of I, last believe he, I believe you're right. It's in that area. It wasn't. And in, 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 in two games, he has five goals. Yeah. So and... I know I know fans are upset that he's gone, but it, it, it's funny. I after the the first half, we sit right near the the Utica bench, and Ryan Hall walks by me and goes, "Slav who?" And that's I think people are starting to warm up to Christian Segura. Well, and I mean, he made first team or team of the week this this week um, well, for what he I did. Mean, and I mean, listen, the fact of the matter is, people are going to warm up to you pretty quickly when you have that amount of protection in such a short period period of time. You know? And to be honest with you, looking at the way that Christian played, I don't think this is a fluke. I think this is something that you're going to see throughout the course of the season. I... I I would imagine that he's going to be a big part of that offense going forward. So, I, I complete I completely agree with you, and I have to tell you that place when Segura scored his second goal, that was the loudest I have ever heard that arena. Granted, it's only been a year in in a game, but there were thirty seven hundred people there screaming their heads off. For right. that goal. And well, that was- and I, I, I think it's a big moment because it's okay, you scored your first one, that's great. You score your second one, and it's like, okay, you're you're a big part of this now. And then to to I believe didn't he get a hat trick that game too? Uh he got it Friday. He got the hat trick yeah, on Friday. Yeah, he got that hat trick in Baltimore, and then he came home and got two more. So it, it's just wow, I, it's remarkable. It's one of those feel good stories, if you will, you know. And 
quite frankly, he needed that beginning because I think if, say that it goes the other way and he has a horrendous start to the season, that whole, well, what what were we thinking when it comes to making this trade really comes into play. Well, I, I don't think, I mean, I don't think, if it was, if it was, him scoring zero goals and, and doing not that good. I don't think you should make any assumptions until like maybe halfway through the season or a full yeah, season. Yeah, that, that might be true. So, but like, like I said, it's always good to start out on the right foot. Yeah. Um. So I want to I want to go back to Vanzella real quick. I, you were surprised that Vanzella did that. I mean, he is one of the best goalies in this league. And for him to not only get caught once or twice, but he got caught, it should have been three times. Right. No, I, I agree with you. He he got caught Friday night. He got caught set, or Sunday twice. It, it just... I think he'll learn from his mistakes, and I think he'll try and play back a little further from now on. But yeah, yeah those, I mean, those goals were just great. I mean, how could you not play back after you get burnt twice? Yeah, that should yeah, have been. Voices should just, have had a goal. It should have been three. Yeah, I agree with that. I do. So let's go on to the next game. It's Florida and Orlando. Mm-hmm. And... You know, a lot of people are saying, hey, you know, they lost, but they lost by one. This is a win for Orlando. I look at it in terms of, okay, you have basically 18 new guys coming to a squad that have to get used to each other, right? Because we discussed this at length several times. Florida was by far the busiest team during the offseason. Mm-hmm. So then you sign all these people and they all have to work together. They all have to gel together. I don't think that we could read very much into that 4-3 score. I really don't. I don't think it's a matter of, oh, well, Orlando was that good. Don't get me wrong. They played good. But I think for people to say, well, to hold a high-powered offense like that to one goal is... Well, not one goal, but I mean a one-goal difference is pretty remarkable. Well, not really, considering most of these guys have never played together. Right. So, would you consider this to be more of a win for Orlando as opposed to a win for Florida? <clears throat> Um, you know, that's a good question because I think you have to look at it in terms of for Florida, okay, we won the game. Was it impressive? No. But we won the game. For Orlando, who, you know, I don't think anybody expected them to win the game. To lose by one, I think... To me, you still lost the game, but I, for people to say, well, they 
only lost by one and they held them to four goals. Well, yeah, that's true, but at the same time, again, these are guys that are really just starting to play together. So, I look at this as a win for Florida because if you can come out and at least put a small piece of the puzzle together, because let's be honest, all those new guys are not going to gel together in one day. They're just not. You can practice all you want. You can go over things all you want, but things are completely different when it comes to game situations. And the fact is, they came out and they won the game. So, for me, this is a win for Florida. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to play. You like to play devil's advocate with me. Yeah, I do. So, I'm going to play devil's advocate with you. Okay, go for it. I think, if it was me, I would consider this to be more of a win for Orlando. And here's why. I think, I mean, yeah, going into the season, they're not really, like, expecting to do much. No. I don't think. I mean, you lost you lost your top scorer. You lost yeah. your your backup keeper. You've, you, you lost a few pieces. And you go out and you grab a couple people. Um, yeah. But you, you, you don't really change a lot. So, going into this game, I mean, yeah, on paper, they should have been destroyed. I mean, maybe eight to two or eight to three or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. For them, for them to have, I believe they had a lead over Florida for a while. Yeah, they did. So they did. For, for, for them to go out and, and say, Florida, listen, yeah, you got all of these guys. Hello. Yeah, you're there. I hear you. Okay. All right. All right. Um, for them, for them to go out and you know just show Florida, like, hey, we've still got our players. And we don't. We don't need Gordy Gerson. I mean, yeah, we lost by one, but we lost by one. Okay. I, well. I, 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 I just I I think that's going to help them going forward for the rest of the season. Are they going to make the playoffs? No, but I I think it's going to um help them um maybe pick up a few wins against maybe Florida or like a Kansas City or right you know. So I, I think well, I think it's it's bigger for Orlando than it is Florida. Well, okay, let, let me let me say this. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm actually gonna ask you a question. Okay. So let me let me just ask you this. It, let's say this is the middle of the season. Like it's the middle of the season. We know that Florida plays well together. Do you think that the same outcome 
happens again because I'm not going to make any guarantees because there's no guarantees when it comes to sports. Right. And I'm, 90, I'm 99% sure that if you put those teams together when when Florida is acclimated to one another, that scoreline just isn't there. I mean, don't get me wrong. Give all the credit in the world for Orlando to Orlando for what they did, but at the, at the same time, I also have to look at it as okay, they, if, if Florida wasn't jumped together and they were able to pull off the win, imagine what they're going to do when they play again, and okay, now the chemistry is there. Okay, so if this result, so you're, you're asking if this result were to happen in the middle of the season is it is it going to happen again I don't no no a three to two score is not going to happen in this series that's that's what I'm saying is that that's what I'm saying is that okay yeah Orlando lost by one goal that's great but I take it with kind of a grain of salt only because it's the first game of the season for both of these teams. And you have one team who basically signed enough for three other lines. They all have to they all have to jump together. So I don't read too much into the fact that Orlando held them to a one goal differential. I think it's something to build upon for Orlando because, like you said, I don't think that they're going to be shooting for the moon in terms of this is what we want to accomplish Go, going into this season. I don't think they have playoff aspirations. I mean, don't get me wrong. Anytime you go into a season, you want to do the best you possibly can. But you also have to look at the circumstances as well. So, you know, I I don't read too much into this. I think, you know, if Florida was 100% in terms of their chemistry, I think Orlando isn't even on the same field as them. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I'm not making fun of Orlando, I'm just saying the level of talent that Florida has put together is just—it's just not on the same level. Right. I, I think I think both teams can come away with a sense of achievement. Now, uh, I mean, but it's for for different reasons. Like Orlando, I mean, yeah, they're not going to have playoff aspirations, but. I mean, they could they could play spoiler for other teams, maybe Milwaukee, maybe Absolutely. Florida. Absolutely, but they can't with Utica because they don't play Utica. Um, I, I mean, they play Baltimore. So, I I think they could play spoiler and kind of possibly affect yeah. the playoff outcome, like where I mean, the, the teams land. I mean, I will say this. The only way that I would look at this as a point of concern for Florida is if they keep on winning 
games by one goal. One goal. Because, let's be honest, with the level of talent that they have, there's no reason as to why they should not be winning games on a regular basis by two, three plus goals. So, um, you know, if if I'm Florida and I see my team only winning games by one going into, say, the third, fourth, fifth week of the season, then I'm a little concerned. But right now, I, I don't. I look at it as we gotta win, and with the amount of players that we picked up, that's that's a pretty good feat in itself. Right. So, well, okay. The next one, you know, I'm I'm gonna save the obvious ones for last because there's a lot to talk about in that respect. So, let's go on to the first game between. Monterey and Solace. Monterey wins that game in Solace ten to eight. And to be honest with you, I I was a bit surprised that it was that close. I mean, I was surprised because you know we talked about it at the beginning of the season. We said um, we were not. Solace was going to put out as their team. It wasn't really talked about. It wasn't like we knew right away. And so we didn't really know what Solace was going to be. So going into that game at home against Monterey, the fact that they even kept that game close was pretty interesting to me. Um... I thought both teams played well. I thought it was far more entertaining than the second game was. I was actually quite bored with the second game just because Monterey dominated that game. So, I don't know. I look at that first game and I was kind of surprised that the second second game was twelve to four. To be quite honest, yeah. Um, so it, a fun fact, and we haven't we haven't gone over the the other game that you're talking about. But real quick, the <coughs> first three games that we saw were all on small fields. That is true, which is kind of crazy. So, and I think. With two of those games, you saw that, well, actually all three games. I mean, they were all one or two goal games. I think a smaller field is kind of like an equalizer in a way. Yeah. Monterey going into Soles, which, by the way, leads the league in attendance at 4,500 people, which is kind of crazy if you ask me. Yeah. Um, they've got the 4,500 fans going crazy. They've got the red turf, which I kind of like. I, I kind of like the red turf. I absolutely hate it. Oh, boy. I, I, said, I said to Adam, I said, you know what? I feel like I'm watching a game at McDonald's. 
that that's what it, that film reminds me of is the logo for McDonald's. <laughs> but but uh, I kind of I kind of expected it to be high scoring. Yeah, and I, I kind of and I I expected it to be close. Um, yeah, I, I did not. I did not expect any of those games to be close. I thought Monterey was going to end up so late pretty easily, to be honest. Yeah, and I think I think we saw on the back end of those games, the Baltimore Utica and Monterey and Solace, I think we yeah. saw the better team just just take advantage of that. And yeah. I mean Monterey just like cleaned up cleaned house like I, well, I didn't get a chance. I haven't gotten a chance to watch a lot of it, but from what I saw, Solis just looked lost at times. Yeah, they did. And I, I think, you know, the biggest question going into this season was how is Monterey going to look without uh, Frank? And I think our question was answered pretty quickly. I mean, you're looking at 22 goals in two games. So... Yeah, yeah I think... I, and I think, I mean, geez, you've still got Diego Reynoso in goal. So I, I think Monterey is... Granted, I don't think they're going to win the Western Conference. No, I But don't. at the same time... I. They're, they're definitely going to be able to hold their own with the San Diegos of the world and the Ontarios of the world. Yeah. And they're going to make it tough, a tough out in the playoffs. No, they will. And I, I think, you know, it's, listen, anytime that you lose a guy like Frank Tyre, it's a loss. I don't care who you are, but at, at the end of the day, it just, to show you that one player does not make an entire organization. Right. And, you know, I think we knew going into it that there was going to be a case of, wow, Monterey looks different without Frank. But I don't think talent-wise, they really missed a beat, to be quite no. honest. No, I, I mean I don't I don't think they did either, and I I think I had them pegged at like fourteen or fifteen wins. I still stick with that, um, but I mean they're right so out you, of the gate, right out of the gate, two and zero. I mean that's that's pretty impressive. So you you see them going fifteen and nine? Well, I mean I don't I don't see them going. Like eighteen and six, I, I don't. I see it somewhere in that range. I, I would say yeah. fifteen and nine. I mean, it's it's early in the season, but oh yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's too the early. Schedules, to say. I mean, schedules have changed, and I think Monterey was supposed to play Canada, so I don't know who they got to to take their spot. Right. Um, Well, I mean, okay, here's the deal. There's two more games to talk about. And they were probably the two biggest games of the weekend. And it's funny because 
I don't think going into the weekend we ever thought that the two biggest games were going to feature the Cal Express. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> if, if if I had told you, okay, if I had told you Turlock Cal Express were going to go two and zero, beating storied franchises like the Kansas City Comets and the San Diego Sockers, what would you have done? I would have laughed at you hysterically. Yeah. And probably like <laughs> stopped this podcast and I might have questioned your soccer knowledge to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean no. who would have who would have thought that the Turlock Cal Express would be an undefeated 2-0 best record in the MASL. You know, you know, here's the thing, and I'll be honest with you, I watched the game Friday night, and it really pained me to watch the game because the camera angles are so bad in Trilox that it's, you almost have to be a contortionist yep. to, watch the game, to watch the game, but I watched the game, and I was I was extremely impressed with the ball movement of Cal. I really was. And you know, I remember thinking that if they could get the game to overtime, that they had a chance. Don't get me wrong, Kansas City really screwed up because they had a top-of-the-box restart. That they could have ended the game right there. And credit to Cal, they blocked the shot. So, and ironically enough, right after that play, there's a foul committed and there's a top of the box restart, and Cal wins the game in overtime. So, it's, you know, it's it's kind of funny. We, we had this talk last week where, I don't know if I mentioned it on this podcast or if I mentioned it when I did picks with Hannah, but it was just yeah. kind of like deja vu all over again. First game nice. of the season, a team goes into Turlock and is favored to win. And then the game goes into overtime. Now, well, let's know what happened two years ago when Syracuse went in and scored. In I, I, I was just going to bring that up, actually. Yeah. And then it, it, it kind of was like revenge, although it wasn't Syracuse that was the, the victim. This time it was Kansas City. I, I just thought Turlock needed that win. And I don't think, I think with Turlock, Cal, Turlock Cal Express, I think their issue over the years was their players got wore, worn down quickly. Yeah, they didn't have the stamina that they do this year. Well, they do now. Holy moly. Yeah, oh, <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, now, let me, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Looking at, at a Kansas City team who is coached by the new coach, Neil Gitt, Leo Gibson, obviously. He's been a player there for years, still is a player there, but now he's the head coach. 
What does this do for Kansas City going forward? Do you think that Leo is going to be able to right the ship? Because let's be honest, it's only one game. I I think so. I I mean, yeah, it's one game. And I mentioned this. um, I I don't know. Like, I I do so many of these things. So, I, I think... I mean, going forward, Syracuse turned into a playoff team. Yeah, they won the game, but they won by one against, like, two-win-20 Turlock. So I don't think that this is going to affect Kansas City's overall season. And and you have to think. You've got to remember that, um, let's see, Anthony Grant wasn't there. Um, I mean, Brian Perez retired. Mark Saxby um, is on a suspension, so they're yep. missing. They're missing key pieces to that team. Absolutely. No, I'm not. I'm not saying like, well, if Anthony Grant was there, they would have won. Like, I, I don't think so. I, I think going forward, I think you'll see a more improved Kansas City team, and I'm right. going to kind of parallel Kansas City and St. Louis because you've got, I think, a younger. Kansas City team being coached by a player. You've got St. Louis that's in the same boat. So I kind of see their seasons going kind of like similar. No, I I agree with you. I really do. And you know, you look at those teams in retrospect and you think to yourself, wow, this could be the battle for fourth place going into the playoffs. You know, it could very well be that Kansas City and St. Louis are fighting for that last playoff spot. Or, or they could play spoiler to Utica. Or, because now, with the whole Canada folding, Utica travels to St. Louis in the beginning, actually in the middle of January. So there's, two more, there's two more games against a playoff opponent that they could if St. Louis wins both of those games I mean that could be the difference between the second seed and the fourth seed just a side topic before we move on to the second game with Turlock and San Diego do you think now that we know what we know do you think that Canada not being able to play those showcase games with Rochester was kind of the writing on the wall now that we know what we know because to me as soon as I found out that they folded I was like well I'm not entirely surprised no I it's funny um, now now I can I, I get fed a lot of information um <laughs> I've been yeah. a lot of information from outside sources over the last few weeks about this. Yeah. And I, I have to admit, I knew about this a couple weeks ago. Really? Okay. I did. And it was, I didn't want to believe it because I, I wanted, I wanted the fans of Mississauga, the fans of Canada to be a part of the league. And I I hope they still are. I hope they're rooting for 
whatever team, hopefully Utica. But I, I just, I didn't want to believe it. And right. when I found out that the games in St. Prince, Ontario were canceled, I kind of saw it coming. Like, I didn't know how long it was going to be before the official announcement was made. But I think in that time frame, I think from when the games were postponed until uh, the other day, I think teams were trying to, like, figure out what to do. Well, the interesting thing is we talked about this when we first read the article. We said it's interesting that they didn't say canceled or rescheduled. They just said postponed. And you and I both said, well, that's kind of odd. And then, you know, here it comes that there is no Mississauga Metro stops. Right. So... To me, it's not surprising. It's really sad, to be honest with you, because you and I have talked about this as well, but it was one of those fan bases that you really wanted to root for because they did have such a wonderful fan base, and I feel bad for those guys. Like you said, hopefully they that, that fan base it's on to another team and we still see them representing themselves but just with a different team yeah absolutely absolutely and the the, the whole thing I, I think from like from top to bottom like from Josh Schaub all the way down to us fans like I think it was just like like this whole thing was a complete surprise. Uh, it was a surprise, but I, I, I think I'm glad they fixed it. I'm glad they took care of it. Now, yeah. granted, it should have been taken care of like months ago, but right. it, got to, it got taken care of. Instead of right. making this league like, what if what if other people had seen that and been like, oh my gosh, they have a they have a team that's folding halfway through the season. That's pretty embarrassing. Like, I right. think they kept it in the bud pretty quick. And oh, I yeah. have to give credit to the MASL staff. Um, oh, absolutely. And, and it's it? funny, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to one of the, uh, I, I forget what his title is. But I talked to John Raymond on Sunday, and and him and I talked about Canada for about a good five to ten minutes, and he's like, it stinks what happened, but, I mean, it had to be done. So, You know what's going to be interesting to me is, where are all those players going to end up now? Well, (laughs) well, if you want to talk about that, I don't know I, if you've seen the announcement. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Well, so. I can tell you. I can tell you that we, we in Milwaukee signed Zabalos, one of their goalkeepers. You did. But okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little backstory, and then I'll go into the announcement. 
Okay. So a couple weeks ago, there was the exhibition between Canada and Utica. So one of the players on Canada, I had recognized from previous years of him playing in the MISL. Sure. So um, when there was mention of the Mrs. or the Canada Metro Stars folding, I put on Twitter, I said, and I tagged Tommy Tanner, I said, Tommy, if we could get one of these two players, that would be awesome. I mentioned Mo Babuli and Onua Obasi. Yeah, I knew it ends up in Utica. Surprise, surprise. Sunday. <laughs> and it, this this all leads back to Sunday. So Sunday, I'm at uh, 72 Tavern after the game, and I'm having some drinks and talking to the guys and whatever. And Tommy comes up to me, and he goes, Matt, do you remember on Twitter how you wanted, wanted a player for us to sign? I'm like, yeah. He goes, we signed one. I go, really? I go, did we sign Babuli? He goes, no. My, I swear, my jaw dropped. I go, Tommy, don't tell me we signed Obasi. And he goes, yeah, we did. And I go, I go, thank you. That is the best Christmas present I could ask for. Yeah. Onua Obasi is on Utica City. And that right there... I don't know if you've ever watched him play. Oh, I have. Yeah. He yeah. is one of the best ball handlers I have ever seen. I, I, I said, that, I said that when he was with Baltimore and he would play in Syracuse. Just a big, strong defender. And that's exactly what Utica needs. You know, I can tell you an interesting story myself. Uh, you know, like I told you, we went out because of the situation with Josh Lamos and I, I, I feel incredibly bad for Josh. I feel just heartbroken for Josh because Absolutely. You know, I I think like I told you, he he was I believe he was both of our goalkeeper of the years when we did our award picks. Yep. Um but anyway, so we went out inside Zamaros gotta be honest with you, I don't know a lot about him. But, I had said to Adam, I said, you know, it's really surprising that we don't go out and trade for, like, Joey Capitos. Yep. Or, we go out and trade for a guy like Higher House. You know, and he said to me, well, it's interesting because I brought up to John, John Zimmerman or whatever, or Ryan Zimmerman, whatever his name is, um, the owner of the wave. I cannot recall his first name. Oh, it's Michael. Mike Zimmerman. There we go. Yes, I, I knew it was one of the. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm really sick, actually. So my oh. brain is not working. I, have a I got you covered. Don't worry. I got you. Covered. I have a double ear infection and a sinus infection. So oh, that sounds awesome. I kind of feel like death, but but I wanted to get this done. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
you know, and Adam said, yeah, I mentioned it to Zimmerman, and he said that Zabalos is actually, in his opinion, a better goalkeeper than Joey is. So, as I said to you, I don't know a lot about this Zabalos kid. I know he's very young. I he know is. He, he started one game against Baltimore last season, and he lost 9-2. to two. That's that's about my knowledge of this guy. I, so, I mean, yeah, that's... I mean, you can't really judge... You can't really judge someone's work based on one game. No, um, absolutely think, not. Did he play against Utica? I want to say he played against Utica as well. But from what I remember... I mean, he's young, he's he's agile, so I think... I mean, I think you're going to still have Rafa Diaz as your your main your main goalie, well, and then yeah, I think that's a given too. Um, my thing is this: my thing with Rafa is love the guy; he's a great goalkeeper. He just doesn't have the stamina to last a whole season. And I kind of want to. I kind of want to see Matt Isold in there. You know what? I mentioned that as well, and one of my one of my comments to Matt, or I'm sorry, not Matt, Adam, was that you know why have Matt on the roster if he's never going to play? I mean, he's been on the Milwaukee roster for probably the last three or four years and hasn't played a game. So, yeah. if I if I'm Milwaukee and I know I'm not going to play him, send him somewhere so that a we can get another player, and b it gives him a chance to play. You know. Now correct me correct me if I'm wrong. Now was Matt Isold the one that wore like was it windbreakers or something during yeah. games? Was it okay? I knew there was something having to do with, like, it wasn't traditional goalie attire. And that's how I remember him. He, he yeah, no, like, he's, he's a very unique guy, but he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. He really is. And he's a good goalkeeper, too. I mean, he, he's... I don't necessarily know if he would get a starting job in the MSL, but he would be a quality backup for anybody, to be quite honest. Absolutely, I, I um, agree with But I am quite shocked that we didn't go out and try to get either Joey Capitos, Jamie Capitos, or a guy like Heiner House. You know, I... I again, I... Yeah, I'm surprised, yeah, I'm surprised the Capinos boys have not been signed anywhere. I thought that they would be signed to Rochester. You know what? That was my first thought, to be honest with you. That that really was. I was thinking, okay, now that they're in the regular MASL, so I'm going to sign these guys because it's, they, they need good keepers to face the level of competition that they're going to face. And yeah. so, yeah, I completely agree with you that it, it was, it was uh, 
Uh, it's a little shocking that they're not on a roster right now. Absolutely. So, okay. Um, well, I guess the last thing to talk about is San Diego and Trillock. You know, I what, think, ha- what happened during that game? I, I completely missed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> from what I heard, I think David took out Goliath. Yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. I, I watched this game, and I was even more impressed with Turlock during that game than I was with the Kansas City game. I was completely impressed with them. They moved the ball. They played well defensively. They made plays, and they had to. And, you know, here's the biggest... The biggest difference between San Diego and Turlock during the course of that game was Turlock played as a unit. They played together, whereas San Diego, there was a lot of individualistic play. There wasn't a sense of, hey, we're a team, you know, we have to play together. It just never felt like San Diego was going to get over that hump because every time San Diego answered Turlock, Turlock would go down and score again. So you just never got the sense that it was even going to be close. So do you think that San Diego underestimated this this Turlock Cal team? Oh, absolutely I do. I think, you know, they... Because even Craig, Craig said on the broadcast, he said, um, you know, every time this team comes in, we don't have to think about it because we win handily every time. Every time. So, you know, I, I think San Diego came into this game thinking, hey, we got Swab, we got Pino. We got Craig Childs, you know, we, this is going to be a cakewalk. And, you know, one of the questions that I posted was, you know, is this going to affect San Diego? And for Kansas City, we said no. But I, I think this really does have the potential to affect San Diego just because of their their schedule and who they have to play throughout the course of the season. I mean, yes, it's only one loss. Yes, it was the first game of the season. But hey, that could have been the difference between three losses and four losses or four losses and five losses, whatever the case might be. I, I absolutely do think that this game could be one of those games where San Diego looks back and says, holy crap, maybe we should have actually, you know, not underestimated this count team. Yeah. I, I think, you know, not only is this a message to the soccers themselves, but I think this is a message to the MASL in general. Like, don't go into any game thinking you're going to blow out your opponent. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, like, Friday, like, Utica is going to Rochester. Now, on paper, 
Utica should wipe the floor with Rochester. On paper, yes, but I don't. But after watching that Turlock San Diego game, we have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. So play. I think. I think the mentality for every team should be play this game as if it's going to be your last game of the season. I just want to get clarification from you about something because. It seems to me that you might know better than I do. So, from what I understand, because there's mutual ownership between Cal and San Diego, San Diego can learn, loan players to Cal and vice versa. Now, the way that Craig said on the broadcast, they can recall them at any point. Now, my buddy Adam said that that's not true. That it's for the duration of the season. So, I honestly don't know. So, that's my question to you is, do you know? Can they recall them at any point? Or is it okay, we loan them to you for the year? I don't think there's such a thing as a loan. Like, I, I think now that they're, I mean, they're both MASL1 teams. So, San right. Diego, San Diego can't be like, well, we're going to take this guy back. Well, like, that's, that's what order, I thought, too. I think in order for that to happen, they have to have, like, some sort of trade. Like, we'll give you him back if you give us this and this. Well, that was my thought, too, because the way I was thinking it was... Okay, it's not really fair to a team if you say, yeah, we'll give you this guy, and then he starts to do well, and you're like, okay, we want you back. That, in no way, shape, or form, is that fair. Right. Absolutely. I think I think that if, what's his name? Was it Juan Gonzalez? Juan Gonzalez, and I believe the other one was Rojo. Right, so, I mean, they're on Turlock Cal for the remainder of the season unless they get traded for something else. But I don't right. think San Diego could just be like, well, we're going to take them back. Now, I said to you that I thought this could be a big loss for San Diego. Do you agree or disagree? It is a loss, and, and I... And as I said, I think going forward, you're you're not going to see that San Diego is going to take these teams. Right. Like, right. I mean, I think, honestly, I kind of think they did in the conference finals last year. I think they kind of took Monterey like a little, I think they underestimated well, them a little bit. I mean, because San Diego well, went, we what? Have... San Diego, what? 21 and 1? Like they, they, were... they just blew through their schedule. And they blew through yeah. the, the first round of the. Wait, did they go to a third game? I don't remember. Uh, no, I don't think they did. Because... Okay, so they blew through the first round. So they're, they're going yeah, up against. They, they swept Tacoma. Yeah, they're going. I mean, they're, and they're at home. They're playing Monterey. They're like, yeah, Monterey finished. 17 and 5 or whatever and, and we finished 21 and 1 like I, I think 
Yeah. It's not going to affect them as much as you think. Like, I, I think San Diego is going to, especially in this conference, I think they're still going to be fine. It's not how you I start. Do, yeah. It's not how you start the season. It's how you finish it. No, I, I yeah, I could, I completely agree, but I do think that if you get some losses to Baltimore and maybe you lose to Milwaukee, now I'm not sure about losing to Milwaukee anymore because of the whole Taz Lebos thing. But you know, if 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 you lose a couple of those games, that one game could make a difference in the standings. And, oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But I, I just, I don't, I, I think, I mean, let's let's look at the schedule here. I mean, San Diego, they don't really have a lot of time to recover. They play on the road in Tacoma on Saturday. So, yeah. I, I would say San Diego is not going to go 0-2. There's a big chance San Diego is not going to go 0-2. Now, let's flip it it to the other side. Do you see this this, excuse me, this Cal Express team continuing to play well throughout the course of the season? Because because I'll be honest with you, again, you and I both, both said the same None of us thought they would be 2-0 in their first two games. None. So, for me, I think I think if they play the way that they have in their last two games, and they're able to continue playing well, I think they could legitimately be in a playoff fight towards the end of the season. Now, does that momentum carry over? I I don't I don't think so because I think you know you're gonna have to play San Diego again. They're gonna they're gonna learn from their mistakes. You're gonna play Ontario. That's going to be difficult as well. So I don't think Turlock will continue. Being a, 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 I don't know what the word that I'm looking for is, but I just don't see them continuing to win games like they did the first two games. Right. Um, I agree with you. I don't, there's always going to be a team that like scrapes by the skin of their teeth and they surprise a lot of people in the beginning of the year, yeah. and it's a feel-good story. And yes. I mean, right now, I could, I could say in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills are one of those teams. Like, oh, absolutely, they're not. Absolutely. They're not really that flashy, and they're not that good, but they're eight and three. So yeah. we're we're just waiting for them to like fall flat on their face, like they do every year. And and I kind of, I'm not going to say Turlock Cal is going to fall on their face entirely. They're definitely going to win more games this year than. Oh, absolutely. Um, But, I mean, I don't see them making any sort of waves in the playoff picture. 
I, no, I, I you said it. Agree. You said it. You said, I mean, you still have to play San Diego and Ontario and like teams like Mesquite and, and Monterey. Like your schedule is still tough. Oh yeah. So yeah. realistically, if this team were to maybe win six or seven games, that would be like now, I, I, I see I, them getting six or seven wins. I will say this, if they go back to San Diego and they win again, then I say, okay, this team is for real. If, I mean, if, if that, yeah, if, if, if they do that, or San Diego comes into Turlock, then that, I mean, yeah, I would, I would start, I wouldn't start saying playoffs for them, but I could see them maybe playing spoiler in the Western Conference. But as oh, of right easy. now, but as of right now, I, I still think the jury is out on Turlock Cal Express. Well, let, let's end this episode by doing what we did last week. And the jury is still out on this. Did I win week one because you said Utica was going to go I did to say Utica was going to win both games. So if that's the did, case, I, I will stick or, to my I will stick to my or, or, or did we tie because we both lost the same amount of games? Because yeah. we both predicted we both predicted that Turlock was going to lose both of their games. Yeah. So we both lost that. We both well I predicted that Utica was going to go to Baltimore and win. They lost. And I predicted that Baltimore was going to win in Utica. So, so, how do we score this week one? Because... I'll call, we'll call it a tie. Alright, let's do that. I I like that. Okay. Okay, so, let's go over week number two. Yeah. Alright, I have I printed out the schedule. So first And I'll make it I'll make it really easy. We don't have to do the number situation. All we have to do is pick the winner. Okay. Alright. So first game on Friday is at the Rock Dome Arena. Utica City FC takes on Rochester. Definitely Utica. Yeah. Uh, I mean um I'll be at that game. Um, I, I've got a bunch of people uh, from Utica that, that are going to be there. Yeah, Utica's got too much firepower. Plus, you've got James Togba coming back. You've got Obasi. Yeah. Obasi's available to play. So, give me Utica. Uh, Agreed. The second game. Uh, this is at the Family Arena in St. Louis. We've got the St. Louis Ambush. Facing off against the defending champ Milwaukee Wave. Um. Oh gosh, man. You know, I'm gonna give the nod to Milwaukee just because they're still very good offensively. They're still very good defensively. I think Rafa is going to play well. I take Milwaukee. Okay, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You still, yeah, you don't have Josh Lemos. But you have Ian Bennett, Max Ferdinand, and and others. So I, and I, I mean, think... I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. A lot of people underestimate 
the capability of Rafa as a goalkeeper. He's a very good goalkeeper. Rafa came into Utica and only gave up three goals last season to that offense. So, yeah, I I know he's a good keeper. So, and and this kind of I I saw the the Turpin boards had to adjust their prediction for the season, and I think they took away like three games for Milwaukee. I don't see that being like. I still think Milwaukee's the team to beat, but I think that gap is narrowed a little bit. Not too much, but it's narrowed. I I completely agree with you. I think Milwaukee's still the front runner in the the Eastern Conference, but I do think it's going to be a closer race than it would be if Josh Lebo was between the pipes. Yeah, I agree. All right. So we've got Saturday. Um, Harrisburg travels to Rochester to face the Lancers. You know what? I'm going to take Harrisburg. Okay. Well, I I I truly think that Pat Healy, you know, he did really well in his first year last year, all things considered. And I think that team is only going to get better. Okay. So, I don't want to sit here and and pick the same teams as you. Because, after all, it would be kind of boring if we just... Yeah, but you know what? If that's that's who you think is going to win, that's who you should take. Well, I'm I'm just saying, I I like to think... I, I like to pick upsets. I'd like to pick upsets for a while. This one, and last week it was Turlock, Kansas City. This one has the potential to be an upset. I agree with you. I, I think it, it all, first of all, it all depends how, how Rochester does against Utica, right? Because if, they, if they're tired from playing Utica, that's going to make the difference. But if yeah. they have if they have fresh legs and depending on how they play against a very strong Utica team, I could easily see Rochester winning this game. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But it's, it's definitely... Possible. So, it's, with that being said, I am going to take Rochester in this one as my upset. Alright. That, like I said, I could completely see that easily. Yep. Alright. So now we've got Kansas City versus St. Louis in Kansas City. Now, see, here's the thing. <laughs> you said you you like to pick upsets, and I believe I believe that St. Louis is going to go into Kansas City and they are going to win this game against Kansas City. Okay. Well, I am going to pick Kansas City to win this. I, I think coming back after that loss to Turlock, I, I think Leo Gibson is going to set a fire under their rear ends and 
I mean, St. Louis plays the night before, and plus they have to travel. So they're going to be a little yeah. tired. But like you said, with the Rochester-Harrisburg game, anything is possible. And I could see St. Louis going in and winning. Yeah. But I, I just have to give the slight edge to Kansas City. No, I agree. I mean, I, I I think that, again, this is one of those games that could go either way. I, I, I definitely think I know Leo as an individual, and I know that he definitely has that competitive fire in him. So I, I, I know that that loss to Trulak is really going to leave a bad taste in his mouth. And, you know, I think he's going to have the guys ready, but I think Everton is going to have his guys ready as well. So, And especially, I mean, if you remember from last year, the last time St. Louis and Kansas City met in Kansas City, there was that huge fight that happened. Yeah. No, I I, I think there's some bad blood there, so I, I expect this to be a really, really good game, but... We, we disagree on it, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, on Saturday at Mesquite Arena is the first matchup between uh, Mesquite and Dallas. Oh, wow. You know what? I, I'm going to... I'm simply not sold on Dallas. I mean, yeah, they got Mugen, they got Federico, but I got to take Mesquite in this one. Okay. Well, you're not alone. I am picking Mesquite as well. Um, I mean, they they went out and they picked up guys from Dallas. So they're used to playing those guys in Dallas, and they know kind of like how they play. So I think what you're going to see Tattoo do is kind of like, on their weaknesses. So I, I see Mesquite winning this one. Um, even though I do like Freddie Mugen a lot. <laughs> no, I, uh, I love Freddie Mugen, but I just, I think Mesquite is going to, Mesquite could easily be one of those teams where they're not that typical expansion team, man. They could Right. Absolutely. They could, they could, on, uh, on the turf and boards, they have them being in that fourth spot. So, I mean, there is that possibility that come March, we're talking about Mesquite in, in a playoff race. Absolutely. Without a doubt. All right. So, on Saturday, we've got Tacoma hosting the 0-1 San Diego Soccers. You know, this might seem like an obvious pick, but it's really not because this is this is to me the equivalent of two teams that play each other very closely and on paper you would not think that Tacoma would even be able to stay close with them. But I, I'm going to take San Diego, but this could easily be one of those games that goes the other way. Right. I completely agree with you, 110%. I also took San Diego. I mean, like I said a little while ago, like, 
0-2 San Diego doesn't roll off the tongue very well. No. And and I don't think, like, I don't think it's going to happen. I, no, I think I, you're going to see a complete. I think you're going to see a completely different San Diego team Saturday night. Oh yeah, they're they're too well coached to be as poor as they were to give to the run. Right. Okay. So, then we have one game on Monday. We have Monterey hosting Dallas. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but I'm going to take Monterey. Yeah. I mean, that uh, after, after their showing um, last week, and plus they'll have uh, seven days to, to rest as opposed to Dallas's two. Yeah. Monterey is the clear favorite in this one. I agree. Now, do you want to do... There are two Wednesday games. Do you want well, to do those now, or do you want to wait? Well, no, let's just do them, because what I'm thinking is we could probably... What day are you thinking you want to do the show? Because we could do it Thursday if we wanted. Or we could wait until... I don't know. What does your schedule dictate? It all depends. Uh, uh, well, I mean, Tuesdays Tuesdays work really well for me. Okay. Um, but I mean. So I mean, it, so I mean, do you want to save those two Wednesday games for? Yeah, we'll save them for next week. Yeah, let's and then do if that. anything happens, we can like post them or something like that. Absolutely, I, I'm okay. completely fine with that. The other okay. thing is, the other thing is, I, I am completely guilty of not keeping track of our fantasy thing at all. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. So, oh boy. well, no, it, you're. This is an advantage to you. So, I sat and crunched the numbers tonight, right before the, the before we came on. Yeah. And I think we need to tweak something. Okay. Okay, so you ended up winning 26 to 23 and a half. I'll take it. <laughs> 21, 21 of your 26 points came from, William, came from William Vanzella. Well, there you go. You're, you had... So, so theoretically, you could have beaten me twenty-three and a half to two, <laughs> to four. Yeah, to four. Um, I mean, yeah, the offense, my offense was solid. Um, but with goalie, I picked a goalie that played one game. You picked a goalie that played two games. So and then, yeah. Um, 13, wait, did I do the math right? Thirteen, fifteen. Yeah. Plus, I had two points for the head coach. Yeah. Uh, for Monterey. So, yeah, it was 90, 80 to 90% of your points were from Benzella. Well, thank you, William. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, okay. Uh, so, how do you want to do it this week then? Well, we'll do the same thing, but I think. If it comes to a goalie, yeah, it's either going to be take an average of the two games 
Fair enough. Or we do less points, like half a point per save or something like that. And one point for I'm block I'm okay shots. with that, yeah. Okay, so we'll do half a point for a save and one point for a block shot. All we right, didn't well, have a lot of block do, shots. Do you, do you, you have... Had do you, you have, had no um, Do you have paper so that we can make our rosters real quick? Uh, I have made my roster. Wow, okay, well then I gotta make one. All right, so, judging my games this weekend, and I could finally take Milwaukee players, and we, agree, and, I, and we agreed that we could take more than one, yes? Correct, yes. Okay, so, for my goalkeeper, this is tough, right, because, um... You know what? For my goalkeeper, I'm going to take Andrew Coughlin. Hey, I know that guy. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> Saw him on Sunday. <laughs> um, yeah, Andrew Coughlin. And, and this is kind of... I was on Twitter, and I want to get your opinion on this. So, okay. a lot of people... A lot of people are questioning the goalie that was picked for the team of the week. Now, Coughlin gave up uh, nine goals over a two-game stretch against Baltimore. Yes. Uh, Hugo Hugo Silva gave up two goals against Orlando. Right. Do you do you think the MASL got it right? Who did they pick? I didn't even look. Oh, they picked Coughlin. No, I I think they got it absolutely right. Because what people need to realize is this. Yeah, he gave up nine goals in two games versus Baltimore. But you also have to look at the saves that he made as well. So, to me, okay, you give up nine goals. And, okay, yeah, Hugo gave up two. But, again, those nine goals... We're in the span of two full games. So, no, I, I think it's absolutely right. Okay. That's that's exactly what... I... Look at the framework of the teams. I mean, Baltimore or Orlando. And one of those games was on a very, very small field. So, yeah, yeah there's going to be a lot of goals scored. Coughlin could have had a shutout. The first goal kind of like fumbled through his legs and there was like a bunch of traffic in the net. The second goal was controversial because of the penalty that took place inside the box. So, I mean, he he basically stood on his head both games. It could have been... I I completely agree. I, I think like, yes... Hugo Silva did a great job, but I don't think I, I think Coughlin did better. So I would give him like honorable no, mention. I, I agree. Like so I forget how many defenders do we take? We take two, two yep. right? Okay, well my first defender might surprise you a little. Okay. 
I'm going to take Chad Vanderbilt. Okay. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that pick. Yeah, and did he? Did he? You know, his, wait, was it a goatee that he had? Yeah, he shaved it. It's gone. Good. Very good. Good. Do it. Okay. Well, there we go. We know how you feel about that. <laughs> My second defender is my buddy from Utica, reigning defender of the year. You're going Darren Toby. Toby. You're going Darren Toby, okay. I I was so impressed the way that he played the, the two games against Baltimore. There was no way I, I could not. Darren, Darren Toby is a stalwart back there, and I... I I've gotten to know him for eight years, and he's just a stand-up guy. And no, he really yeah. is. Oh, wait! Don't you even want to know my guys? We're just talking about your team. All right. Well, I was gonna, no, I was gonna have you go over yours after. Oh, I was okay. Done. All right. All right. So, so we haven't run into so any I, duplicates. So that's good. So now. I get one midfielder. Yes, yes, you get one midfielder. Oh, wow. Only one, huh? Well, actually, we get a flex as well. I forgot about that. Yeah, I know. I forgot about I know. Um, man, I, I really don't know who to pick as my midfielder. That's a good one. Ah. Uh, Man. Hold on. Uh, can you look up who the midfielders are for San Diego? I, I can't think of it off the top. Well, Slav's a midfielder. You could, I mean, that's that's who I picked last week. Yeah, I, that, I, you know, I was I was thinking about that. I was like, I think he's a forward, but yeah, he's, he's, he's considered a midfielder. He, I will take okay. him. So you're taking my team from last week. Okay. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and I get one forward. You get two. Yes. Oh, well, that's even well, better. I think, I think we're going to run into an issue on this. Let's hear your two. I mean, we probably are. I mean, they're both from the same team, so... I, I'd be stupid not to take the dynamic duo. Hector Marinero and Zoran Karic? If they were still around, I'd take them. Did you? I didn't know this. This is a fun fact. I think I might have told you this before. But Zoran Karic played three games for the Syracuse Silver Knights their inaugural year. Ah, yeah. Three games. I thought that was very interesting. That would have been cool to see. So you're going, okay. So no, you're I, going Bennett Ferdinand, right? Okay. Now I get a flex player. You do. Yes. Christian Segura. Wow. I got to tell you, I completely forgot that I get a flex player. And I was going to write Segura's name, but. Yeah, but you can't go wrong. I mean, okay. So, 
I mean, how how can I argue with five goals in two games? I I can't. So now I gotta pick a head coach yet. So hold on before you get all excited. No, I'm not getting excited. I gotta start thinking. I'm going to take as my head coach. Little bit of a surprise. I'm taking ten. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna start. I I I actually want you to post these lineups this time. Yeah. You said you were going to. I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll turn it up. You know what? If, if you send them to me, I'll post okay. it for you. Well, it's in it's in my chicken scratch, and I have horrible handwriting. So I'll type. I'll type. I'll them figure it out or something. If I if I can read Braille, I can read your <laughs> your chicken scratch. All right. So. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start with head coach. I'm gonna go with my good friend Ryan Hall. Yeah, shocker. Um, I gotta, I gotta tell you, Sunday night was one of the greatest nights. After the game, just talking to all the guys, I sat and talked to Ryan Hall for ten minutes. I talked to Ben Raymond for like five minutes, like. There's something special about this well, team, and I, I think Ryan's a big reason. So, well, I can tell you, welcome, welcome to the last, up until the time that I moved to Arizona, welcome to the last 18 years yeah. of my life. That that's what I did after every single game. I mean, it's you really get to yeah. know guys, you know. Yeah, and I got to. I mean, you talk to guys that you've never met before. There's a. a Tim Goldman, who is a midfielder slash forward, just signed with the team. Never met him a day in my life. I talked to him like I knew him for years. I mean, right. the camaraderie between myself and Utica City now is like amazing. Um, okay. So, goalie, I'm going to go Juan Gamboa from Dallas. Wow. Yeah. I, I tried picking people from different teams, but it, it's not going to work, I don't think. But I think Juan Gamboa, no, I, I think he's going to, I mean, he's going to put up saves, which is what we're trying to do here. So I, I, I just think Juan Gamboa, between the pipes, will be a reason why Dallas could win against Mesquite. Um, my defense used to be they yep. used to be teammates they are no longer teammates I'm going to take John Sosa from Kansas City and James Todba from Utica that's a good yeah, pick it'll be, it'll be good to see Todba out on the field for the first time uh, this season for Utica um, my midfielder I went out west and and I'm not very like like I'm more of a I specialize in the Eastern Conference I know a lot about the Eastern Conference I don't know a lot about the Western Conference especially yeah that's kind of how you and I uh, we're very similar in that respect because obviously the wave is in the Eastern Conference right I mean I know a little bit about Tacoma and San Diego and Ontario but not a lot about Monterey and Solis de Sonora. 
So. Oh, yeah, that's why you've never seen me pick guys from them, because I don't know what well, roster. Well, I kind of did a little research, and the, the guy that is my midfielder did really well last week, and it's going to be Miguel Baca from Monterey. Um, he, he put up some really good numbers I, last I week against Solis, and, I mean, he's playing um, Dallas. So I, I think you'll see uh, more of the same. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I One of my forwards, I have to change. So I'm going to do it on the fly. Um, I bet, I bet it, it was. <laughs> it was. Um, so this is, where, this is where I said I was trying to get more than... Or I was trying to do one from each team, but I couldn't. Yeah. Why do you think I kept telling you it's I not going to work? Well... This one might shock you, but I'm taking Freddie Lujan. That doesn't shock me. It's just kind of weird for me to pick two people from Dallas instead of like Utica. You know, um, yeah. I'm going to take Freddie. Um, I think I think he's going to make a difference in Dallas. And the reason the reason that I said to you it's not very shocking. Is because of the fact that you know you look at Dallas and he he to me is by far going to be their number one scorer. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's even going to be close. So it's it's really not surprising. Yeah, I, I, I think him. you're you're going to see Freddie. I mean, especially with like the losses of. Bickmore Legway and I think Cody Ellis and Nestor Nestor Hernandez is out in Ontario now so I I think a lot of the offense has left Dallas and I think Freddie is going to inject uh, I would say at least 20 goals into that offense yeah I'm definitely taking Freddie so now now I need a flex player and a forward so, yep. how am I going to do this? I think I'm going to go. I can get. I can give you a hint at the flex player if you want. But well, I'm going to take for my forward. I'm going to take Nick Pereira. Um, that's a nice pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take Nick Pereira. I mean, yeah, he's only only playing one game, but I think, like I said, I think that offense is going to revolve around Nick Pereira and. With them playing San Diego, I think they're going to rely on him a little more than usual. Um, yeah. So he'll be my second forward. Now, would you like to phone a friend for your flex well, player? I kind of have one in my head, but I want to hear what you what you have to say. I think this guy has been a consummate for the wave for years, and I think. You're going to see him have a breakout year this year, I think. He's going to be very consistent. I would take Marcio Lete. I mean, yeah, the MVP of the, the, the finals of the, the MASL Cup last season. Yeah, I mean, Lete, don't get me wrong, is is a great player. And I I think he'll do better than last season. But yeah, I think I'm going to go in a different direction. 
as a different conference? No, nope, same conference. I'm going to go to Pennsylvania and I'm going to take Tavoy Morgan from Harrisburg. Tavoy Morgan. Okay. I mean, him and Zach Reggett were neck and neck when it came to rookie of the year. No, absolutely. And, he, you know. and that, that team, in order for them to be thought of for that fourth spot, you're going to need to see Tavoy Morgan do a lot this year. And I'll be honest with you, you put in one bad game from Zach last season, Tavoy wins that award. Easy. Absolutely. So, I mean, he's just... Just one of those, like, he reminds me of Bo, Bo Yelenok from, from Utica, but, like, bulkier. Like, he'll, he'll yeah. go around you. He'll, like, dive into the boards to get a ball. Like, yeah. he's in the right place at the right time. And I think with Ricardo Carvalho yeah. in Florida now, I, I can see Tavoy making more of an impact offensively. I, you know what, I completely, 100% agree with that pick. I think he's going to be a tremendous asset this season. I think he's going to put up great numbers just like he did last season. And I I don't question that pick at all. Yeah, so there it is. So, there it is. Well, I'll tell you what, man, it's... Just like week one, week two is going to have some fireworks. Absolutely. It starts It starts Friday night in Rochester with the return of the Lancers versus uh, versus Utica. Um, I can't wait. I'll probably, uh, I'll probably go live at halftime and give my thoughts. And... and it'll be really nice to see the world champions back on the floor. Yep, back home and... I'm sure they're going to do some sort of like ceremony where they raise the oh yeah banner yeah, to the rafters and you know it, they're going to do the banner. It's going to be they're I mean it's going to be a great week. There's there's a lot of there's there's some really intriguing matchups. We've got the Mesquite Dallas rivalry starting up. Um, it'll be good to see that. And I, yeah, you've you've got Kansas City St. Louis. Um, and like I said, the return of the Lancers. Um, so a lot of good stories. You know, it's week. funny because because it's funny because every time I think of the Lancers, you can't help but think of the long hair. You know, I mean, you keep thinking that he's going to be back, and you know he's not. But you can't help but think of him when you think of the Lancers because he was he was a staple for the Lancers for years. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, yes. Uh, does he does he play for another team? No, I don't think he plays at all. Elliot Fosky. Oh, Fos- Fosky is actually the play-by-play guy for the Lancers. And okay, I'm going to fill you in on a little secret. I my goodness, Mister Secret over that's there. Right. Um. In, in celebration of the Lancers coming back and Elliot Fowski being in the arena, I'm switching out my blue hair for a blue mohawk. Because he was I he can... was known to have the mohawk. So, wait, wait, you're going to have a mohawk? Well, I, it's a wig, but I don't have a lot of oh, hair. Oh, I thought... 
I thought you were legitimately growing out a mohawk. No, no, I am not. Um, I I was going to say you have to send me that. I barely have enough hair on top of my head. I can't do anything with (laughs) it, so I need a little help. So I. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm wearing a blue mohawk, and um, hopefully he sees it. I told him I was going to wear it. But, uh, well, yeah. All right, man. But hey, it's been fun. I can't wait to do it again. And the way that our fan base has been listening to us, we might be doing a bonus episode relatively quick. So, hey, man, if I don't talk to you before then, I'm sure I will. But have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Enjoy all the food, of course. I, I will, and I will be watching. Oddly enough, I'll probably be watching games from week one. You know what? I, I really want to go back and watch that San Diego game. I really... That game was just so fun to watch. Absolutely. And you know what was amazing? Did you watch the game? I watched bits and it, I watched bits and pieces of it. It was kind of did, past my bedtime, but did you see how how I don't want to say excited because I'm sure he wasn't very happy about it. But did you see the commentary by Craig at the end? Craig was when, I, I don't I think it was a mixture of confusion and excitement. Like he was it, I don't know if. I think he was more stunned than anything, but I mean, Craig Elston is is an amazing play by play guy, and, and I mean, uh, for I'll for, be honest with you. Oh God! Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, you're fine. But it it reminded me of. Funny enough, it reminded me of. Do you believe in miracles? That's what it reminded me. That's of, right. Honestly. The Lake Lake Placid. Uh, like Olympics. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That that that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I mean, and he wasn't the only one that was shocked. I'm I'm sure everyone was shocked. And I'm sure Turner was shocked. Like, did we just do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, hey, enjoy the games, and like I said. Hopefully we're on the air again doing a bonus episode. It's been fun as always. All right, we'll do this again soon. All right, but take it easy. Bye-bye.